145 for a new destination every week, where we'll journey across the country in search of the best toe-tapping blues music around that's guaranteed to make your soul sing. The Blues Station, every Wednesday afternoon from 2 to 4, here on WERU 89.9 FM and streaming live at WERU.org. Blues to make you feel good. All aboard for the Blues Station. Support for WERU comes from Penelope Shar, MD, integrative medicine practice in Bangor offering detoxification, intravenous vitamins, bioidentical hormone therapies, and more on the web at optionsinhealing.com or 217-8878. You're listening to WERU-FM, 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. We're a voice of many voices. We are volunteer-powered, and we're listener-supported, so think about that. It is about a minute before ni- uh, 10 o'clock, and a quick look at the weather. Light snow coming up, a chance, 30%. Tonight, 90% chance of snow. The lows at 24. Snow likely tomorrow, 70%. And the high of 25 degrees. Thursday night chance of snow, low in minus 6 of a 30% chance of snow. So much of the same continuing on this winter. It's getting to be nine, o'clock, getting to be 10 o'clock, and it's cl- getting very close to being time for Healthy Options. So let's go in a few seconds early and get into Healthy Options. <laughs> Welcome to Healthy Options, a program about integrative health therapies. I'm Andre Bella, your host for this program, and today our guest is Dr. Mark Sofer. He'll be talking about TMS, the mind-body syndrome. Just a reminder to all of our listeners that this is a live call-in show, so at the half hour, we'll be opening the phone line for your questions and comments, and I expect this will be a show with quite a few controversial issues that we hope that you'll weigh in on. That number for the call-in after the half hour is 866-625-9378. Dr. Sofer is a family physician who's practiced in Exeter, New Hampshire since 1990, with the exception of 2004 and 5, when he was the staff physician at the University of Vermont's Center for Health and Well-Being. He's a member of the American Academy of Family Practice and is board certified through the American Board of Family Practice. In addition, he served for 10 years as medical director of the Synergy Health and Fitness Center in Exeter. He's also been on the editorial board of the American College of Sports Medicine's Health and Fitness Journal. An avid athlete, Dr. Sofer participates in many sports, including tennis, and 16 marathons, including the Boston Marathon, four times. He has run the grueling Mount Washington race three times. He enjoys hiking with his family and once was spotted carrying an injured 90-pound dog on his back, down Mount Washington's Tuckerman's Ravine Trail, relishing the extra workout. Dr. Sofer trained with Dr. John Sarno, author of The Mind-Body Prescription and Healing Back Pain, and contributed to Dr. Sarno's book, The Divided Mind. Sofer diagnoses and treats patients using the theories and techniques of Dr. Sarno, a pioneer in the recognition and treatment of mind-body disorders. Dr. Sofer is also the author of the book, To Be or Not to Be Pain-Free. Welcome, Dr. Sofer. 
Thank you, Andre. It's nice to be here. Oh, thank you. You know, the first time I heard about TMS was from my primary care physician. She recommended that I read Dr. Sarno's books, and I read The Divided Mind and your very thought-provoking chapter in that book and uh, just thought what you had to say was really important for everybody to see. Can, can we start off by saying exactly what is TMS? Uh, TMS, as you, as you alluded to, is, is an acronym that stands for the mind-body syndrome. F- formerly, Dr. Sarno coined the term tension myositis syndrome, but like I tell people, a rose by any other name smells as sweet, so TMS is a handy acronym. And basically, mm-hmm. it refers to uh, very real physical symptoms that have a psychological cause. So how did you first get interested in, in TMS? How long have you been been working in this area? And, yep. and how do you integrate that into your own practice? Because you're a family physician, right? Right. Um, I, I first learned about Dr. Sarno's work in the 90s from a patient of mine. Uh, the patient had chronic uh, low back pain, had had surgery, injections, had not improved, had just read this book, was very interested. Uh, The book was Healing Back Pain by Dr. Sarno, his second book, and asked me what I thought. And I'd never heard of Sarno, never heard of Healing Back Pain, but uh, figured I might learn something. So that patient did not know that I'd also been having back pain for a couple years and a long history of sciatica that would come and go. Uh, I read the book in literally one sitting. I was just, it was just an epiphany. Uh, Sarno just very elegantly laid out how stress and psychological uh, issues could result in very real physical symptoms. Uh, and from there, uh, I just started to integrate uh, the concepts into practice. Uh, and as you alluded um uh, I did train with Dr. Sarno. I was so fascinated that I got in touch with him and ended up going down to NYU and and spent time training with him. Yeah, um, just to let our listeners know, would you give them a little background on Dr. Sarno and who he is? Yes. um, Well, Dr. Sarno is now retired, uh, but he was a physiatrist at uh, NYU's uh, Rusk uh, Rehabilitation Center and practicing there for many, many, many years. And during the course of his training and his practice, he, he recognized that symptoms uh, did not really match up with the physical diagnosis that were being provided by other practitioners. And uh, one thing led to another, and he started exploring the role of stress and psychological factors and had amazing success. Um, he retired only a couple years ago, but had but practiced well into his 80s. <laughs> he was a very dedicated yeah. man. Well, I, I got so consumed by his books that I also went on YouTube, which um, if our listeners are interested in, you can certainly read Dr. Sarno's books, but there's lots on YouTube about the divided mind and also several interesting interviews with him 
Um, Dr. Sarno is also notorious for curing Howard Stern of his back pain. And the interview with Howard Stern is amazing uh, and also very uh, entertaining. Um, I think the other interview that's pretty amazing is uh, Dr. Sarno's interview with Congress, a, a health committee in Congress, where he talks about back pain and chronic pain. Um, and the head of the committee is someone that Dr. Sarno uh, cured, a congressman that Dr. Sarno cured of back pain. Yes, so, yes, a lot of information available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we, we all understand that, or many people accept that stress has uh, uh, something to do with our physical uh, well-being. But um, what are some of the most common health issues that TMS addresses? Because I think this is where it gets controversial. People are kind of willing to say stress can do certain things. But uh, what are some of the the most common health issues we're talking about here? Well, uh, hence the title of his books, Back Pain. Back pain is probably the most notorious. Um, TMS can affect any and every organ system, every part of the body. I've seen and heard everything. But after back pain, uh, problems like uh, sciatica, leg pain, foot pain, which is uh, frequently diagnosed as plantar fasciitis, uh, knee pain, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, symptoms that are associated or diagnosed as reflux. Uh, th- these are some of the most common. Yeah, and I find that so interesting because um, when when I was growing up, and even like 20 years ago, there were a lot of these things. We never heard of irritable bowel syndrome, and we didn't hear of carpal tunnel or fibromyalgia or acid reflux. So what, what's what's going on here? Are we getting weaker as human beings? Uh, <laughs> is there more things wrong with us or what? Right. No, I, I'm with you. Um, I started my medical training more than 30 years ago, and so many conditions uh, did, did not exist. They just weren't part of our training didn't hear about them. Uh, it's utter, utterly fascinating. And basically what we're seeing are that different symptom complexes are become in vogue. Uh, and again, basic concept of TMS is that very real physical symptoms have a psychological cause. And it's acceptable in our culture. We're very physically, somatically focused. It's very acceptable to have physical symptoms. So rather than deal with things that are unpleasant or stressful, um, we develop symptoms that get our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're saying is we're not all a bunch of hypochondriacs. You're, it, it, the pain is the pain is real. Pain is always real, uh, except for very very rare circumstances. Um, the pain is always real. It's just that there uh, there's a different physiologic basis for the symptoms than what people believe, what their physicians and other practitioners have told them. Uh, We're a very physically focused society, and the traditional medical training is also very physically, structurally focused, always trying to come up with a physical, structural explanation and then addressing it with some type of physical treatment, whether that's a pill, an injection, surgery, an orthotic, uh, you name it. Okay, now here's where I think your work gets really interesting and and 
controversial. Um, so if we're saying that stress contributes to back pain, headaches, whatever, um, then can't we just change our lifestyle a little bit and make it less stressful and shouldn't all the pain go away? Yeah, un- unfortunately, it's, it's not that simple because uh, the stress that we experience in life isn't all from uh, certain ex- uh, external elements. Uh, in, in other words, having more money doesn't necessarily might make uh, someone's life suddenly without stress. Uh, much stress comes from issues uh, from childhood. Uh, stress comes from self-imposed pressure that we put on ourselves to, uh, to be good people, to be kind to others, to be caretakers. Uh, in fact, I've, I've dealt with many people who initially were very skeptical about TMS because they would say, I've got more money than I know what to do with. I'm happily married. My kids are great. I have a great, great relationship with my parents. I don't have any stress in my life. But the, mm-hmm. the reality is that no matter what, our existence is stressful. Stress is worrying about others, being concerned, looking out for others. Uh, stress is worrying about world events and uh, you name it. So it's while it's desirable to try to manage stress as best we can, uh, no matter what, life has stress. And that is just the nature of existence. For everybody. For everybody. Yeah, so we're not just talking about a certain select percentage of the population that has uh, psychological problems. I, we're talking about everybody here? Everybody. Everybody. Now, is there a certain uh, personality or certain personality traits that would contribute to TMS. Right. So there are there are a number of factors that contribute to what Dr. Sarner refers to as the reservoir of rage, the accumulated stress and tension and pressure of life. And uh, certain personality types, uh, what he refers to as the goodest and the perfectionist, definitely apply the most uh, pressure to themselves. The goodest is someone who who just does for others uh, to, the, to the detriment of themselves. And that's not necessarily a bad way to be, being very caring and giving towards others, but that's a tremendous amount of pressure. And then the, the perfectionist, which people are more familiar with, is that person who is just always pushing themselves harder and harder to try to do things just a certain way. And that's a tremendous amount of pressure to put on on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to think of these goodest traits as as positive, and in our culture, we seem to uh, respect those uh, to the point where, from what you are saying, it seems like these these pressures that we put on people or praising people for being so self sacrificing is actually a, a detriment to their physical and emotional health. Well. It can be. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these are very good qualities to have, and it is nice to be so kind and considerate. Uh, but as far as those people who are experiencing unpleasant symptoms, just recognizing this can help them. Mm-hmm. It, and that the, the suggestion mm-hmm. is not that they stop being kind to others, but just acknowledge what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that can help reduce 
some of that pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if we're talking about reducing stress, let's say, in our lifestyle or in our family relations, um, that's something we can do consciously. What part does the unconscious mind play in TMS? Right. Well, first I should say that getting better isn't simply a matter of reducing stress. Uh, it would be nice if that's all that it would take. It's what, What's involved with getting better is understanding the role that stress is playing with physical symptoms. I explain to people that they can carry on their stressful existence with no changes if they understand this, Um, although it is obviously desirable to try to reduce stress when possible. So you're kind of saying knowledge is power? Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. That's how I I start off my book. Um, Understanding the the role of conscious stresses, those things that we consciously suppress so that we can carry on, um, and understanding the role of the what what may be in the unconscious. Obviously, we can't know what's in the unconscious. That's why it's called the unconscious. But we we can contemplate what's there and understand what we have undoubtedly repressed over the years and acknowledging the existence of all this negative material can be very helpful at stopping this physiologic process that results in symptoms. Mm-hmm. I want to um, just uh, remind our listeners that this morning, this is Healthy Options, and we're talking to Dr. Mark Sofer about TMS, uh, the mind-body syndrome, and also about his book, To Be or Not to Be Pain-Free. Um, this is a call-in show, and I'll give you that call-in number now. It won't be another 15 minutes until you're able to call in, but you might want to write this number down. It's 866-625-9378. I want to go back to the idea of the unconscious mind. So how does the mind actually create a physical symptom? There's a lot of theory about the exact physiologic mechanism. Um, and I, I cannot say with certainty exactly what it is. Uh, Dr. Sarno initially hypothesized that a slight reduction in blood flow, a slight reduction in oxygen delivery to muscles, tendons, and nerves can re- could result in symptoms. Um, other researchers have postulated that there, is, there are the uh, certain neurotransmitters that we release into our bloodstream that directly cause pain. Um, A scientist named Candace Pert named a substance P for pain. Mm -hmm. But something is going on physiologically. Uh, We we create a symptom, and that symptom distracts us. That's the basic premise of of TMS. So whether it's a slight reduction in blood flow and reduction in oxygen to certain tissues resulting in pain, uh, or it's the direct release of a certain chemical in the body, a neurotransmitter, that results in a symptom. It's it's real. Something is happening. And as advanced as science is, no one still is sure. However, as you alluded, knowledge is power. People who understand these TMS concepts will eliminate their symptoms. And they will do it permanently, or at least long term, <laughs> just with that knowledge. So something is occurring. They are changing something, some physiologic pathway. They are changing it 
simply by changing how they think about the connection of their mind to their body. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it took me reading all of these books and reading the same thing over and over again before I kind of got a handle on why the unconscious mind wants to give us pain. Could, could you just go over that one right. more time? Why would, our, why would our unconscious mind want to do that? So if we were to think about all the things that stress us and worry us, things from the past, things from the present, the things we're contemplating in the future, we'd go crazy, literally crazy. We'd be ranting, raving lunatics, and no one would want to be around us. So we is this that be, reservoir of rage that you're talking yes, about? Yeah. We, we would be the personification of the id, that, that part of us that is completely self-centered and completely focused on ourselves. That would not be acceptable. We want to be well thought of. We want to. We need to go about our business. Uh, so, but our culture says it's okay to be in pain. And get again, this is very specific to Western cultures. Okay, it, it's okay to be in pain, but it's not okay to be angry. That's right. It's much more socially acceptable to be in pain. In fact, if you go anywhere, if you're at your health club sitting and talking with people, if you're if you're with a group of friends at your book club, people are, are talking about their backaches and their reflux symptoms. And we are a very physically focused culture, and it is acceptable to have symptoms. Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I'm a, a, a lap swimmer at the Y, and I go to, into the hot tub sometimes, and there'll be a, a, a three or four people in there all talking about all of these physical symptoms. And I find it interesting because people wouldn't be – it's okay to talk about that, but people wouldn't be talking about their personal problems. That's right. But it's so, okay in our culture to talk about your physical symptoms. Right. It's, it's acceptable. It's okay. And so we develop symptoms as a distraction, and it works well because we have an epidemic of, of mind-body uh, problems in our culture. It's the overwhelming majority. Uh, it, it is the cause of the overwhelming majority of uh, chronic and recurrent pain. Um, do you find that uh, people who come to you have tried many other modalities to deal with their pain? Uh, in most cases, uh, the people who seek me out for, for TMS have tried everything under the sun. Because again, remember, in our culture, we're very physically focused, and traditional medicine, the alternative medicine, all of it pretty much is saying, this is your problem. You need to have this pill. You need to have this injection. You need to have this surgery. You need to do these special exercises. And so I've seen people who have had everything done under the sun, including multiple surgeries, and uh, it is it is mind-blowing. So literally the, the mind is so determined, the unconscious, to be heard that it will just continue to create these symptoms to, to what to draw our attention to the fire alarm that says that there's a problem? I mean, is that, that where we're going? That's part of it. The, the, the other basic issue is that uh, everybody who's had one of these treatments, these physical treatments, they've been misdiagnosed. So if you're not making the correct diagnosis, there is no way that the, the treatment that you're prescribing is going to help. So as long as you keep addressing 
symptoms that have a psychological cause, as long as you keep addressing them with physical modalities, the symptoms will persist. Mm -hmm. I, I remember one interesting thing in the divided mind that I read, and it was talking about the placebo effect, and it was talking about surgery as a placebo. Um, do you want to talk about the placebo effect a little bit and how that enters into this? Sure. Uh, placebos are fascinating. Um, uh, right off the top, the important thing to understand about a placebo is that it's temporary. If it, if it provided a long-term solution, then it would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, placebos are temporary. So on some occasions... Just explain, explain what a placebo is. I, okay, people so don't a, understand it. Traditionally, a placebo is a harmless uh, remedy that results in an improvement in symptoms. And I say harmless because the, the, the typical placebo that people think of is a sugar pill. It has absolutely no active ingredients, but people take it and they swear they feel better. And, so why do they feel better? Right. So the basic idea behind a placebo is that the individual wants to feel well. The practitioner involved with treatment wants that person to feel well and believes that what they're prescribing will help. So if you have those three elements in place, there is about a 30 to 40% chance that that remedy, even if it's a sugar pill, will provide relief. But again, the problem is it's temporary. If it was the solution, that would be great, mm -hmm. but it isn't. The symptom always returns. So mm -hmm. over time, there are many modalities that have functioned as a placebo. Um, and, and, and what will follow what I'm going to say does not make me many friends in both the traditional and alternative medical fields. But some instance, some examples of placebos are chiropractic manipulation, acupuncture, surgery, injections. If they provided the solution, people would be well and remain well. But that's not what happens. So, even so really what, what's happening here is people are, are just treating symptoms. So nothing ever gets cured people are people want to again those three elements they want to be well the person treating them wants them to be well and there's a belief that what they're doing has has benefit and uh so it's possible to walk away from one of these visits and see some improvement it's possible mm -hmm. often it's not the case mm -hmm. but the reason that there's any improvement um uh, is that is the, role, is the role of the placebo. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that that highlights the role of the mind. It's, it's utterly fascinating. It, it is utterly fascinating. <laughs> and, and a very controversial subject, um, especially in the medical world. I can just imagine some of the responses that you get from physicians. I want to remind callers that in about five minutes, we're going to open up the phone line to your calls. And that number is 866 625 Nine three seven eight. So if you have a particular um, health issue and you want to ask Dr. Sofer about that specifically, um, this might be the time uh, to call in and, and see what he thinks because we've been having some really controversial issues come up here about uh, different health procedures, uh, placebos. And, and the other thing I wanted to ask you about is if you uh, – what happens, uh, what, 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 Dr. Sarno talked about the symptom imperative. What, what is that, and how does that factor into the placebo effect? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say 
the symptom imperative is related to the placebo. The symptom imperative means that once you uh, eliminate a symptom, whether you've done that through your own education about TMS or through a placebo response, um, your brain doesn't give up this strategy. So a new symptom may arise. Uh, so someone will say, you know, my back is feeling a little better since I went to see so-and-so, but now my knee's killing me. And there's no history of trauma, no unusual activity. Um, so the, the idea is that the brain needs to keep up this strategy. Once you distract it, thinking physically rather than psychologically, because, again, it's not acceptable to rant and rave and complain and talk about the things that, that are upsetting you. So, so so is that the answer? I mean, if if your unconscious mind and that reservoir of rage is overflowing and and it's trying to be heard and you have some knowledge about TMS and that goes away, but then it switches to another place in your body, how how do you ultimately get rid of all the pain so it doesn't come back? Right. Well, so that's what we all want. <laughs> right. Ultimately, when when someone has integrated the TMS ideas. They've educated themselves. They've reprogrammed their mind to think differently about the connection of their mind and their body. Um, they will recognize when a symptom appears, they'll, they'll, they'll examine themselves and say, you know what? I didn't just fall off the roof and land on my back. Nothing has happened to me. I haven't done anything. There's no reason I should have pain. And the symptoms will flee. It, it truly is a, a simple matter of education, understanding. Um, but even, you know, Dr. Sarno and I would laugh. Do Dr. Sarno would call me when he'd have recurrences of symptoms, and we would talk about it. We'd, we'd review concepts and laugh about how uh, the brain doesn't give up the strategy, even mm -hmm. with us who, who truly understand this. So, uh, so is this about retraining the way we think? Yes, it is. And, and I, the word vigilant comes to right. mind. <laughs> right. So eternal vigilance. Eternal, eternal vigilance. vigilance. So yes. it's the ability to recognize that this is how we're wired. And staying well is, is a matter of keeping these thoughts in mind. Just like if you saw the dentist and the dentist said, hey, your teeth look great. You don't stop brushing your teeth. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, yeah. if you see your physician who says, oh, your blood pressure is great, your weight's good, your cholesterol's good. You don't stop exercising and eating right because you've been given a good report. Mm -hmm. So eternal vigilance, using this education, using this information is essential to feeling as well as you can as much of the time. And then if symptoms creep up, banishing them, recognizing them for what they are. Um, just want to remind our callers, we've got about one more minute and we're going to open up those phone lines. And the number is 866 625 9378. We're talking to Dr. Mark Sofer about uh, the mind-body syndrome. Um, one thing I wanted to, to talk about here is um, we have that eternal vigilance. So as I hear you, we're trying to get our thinking in, in another way of being so that that is with us 24-7. I think I remember a part in um, that congressman that Dr. Sarno cured of his back pain. Uh, he said something about every time he would feel a little pain, he would literally scream at his pain and say, I, <laughs> I know, I know what you're doing and I'm not buying it. <laughs> and yeah. and it, would actually, it would actually go away. 
So this idea of retraining your mind, I think, is is pretty interesting. One thing I, I want to kind of make clear, and we didn't talk about this right in the beginning, and I was thinking maybe we should now. How do you tell the difference between something that would be TMS and something that is another bodily condition that's not TMS? Right. That, that's actually a very, very good question. So the practice of medicine at its very basic level uh, involves two aspects, history and physical. Taking a patient history means asking a lot of questions, listening to the patient's uh, responses as they talk about their symptoms and things that bring on their symptoms, things that improve their symptoms, all aspects of their health history. If you take a very thorough history, you can almost always almost always make a diagnosis. And when you're taking that history, you're looking for red flags. You're looking for symptoms that say, you know, this doesn't sound like TMS. I'm a little bit worried here about a cancer, a tumor, some other very real traditional disease, some kind of autoimmune disorder. So the the basic idea is that if you truly, truly question the patient, well, thoroughly, hear their responses, you will be able to come up with a differential diagnosis of what's going on and recognize that this, this could be a mind-body disorder. Mm-hmm. Okay. The we exam, have, we the have a call. The exam part mm-hmm. re- is also important, but if you've taken a very good history, it is extraordinary, even rarer for the exam to contradict your, your findings from, from a thorough history. Mm-hmm. We have a caller on the line, uh, Judith from Belfast. Are you there? I am indeed. Welcome. Thank Hi, you. Judith. Your question? Uh, well, it's a question and a comment, a, a nice comment for, for, Dr., uh, for, for Mark, uh, and that's the work that he's doing is very beautiful. And I agree that stress is both psychological and physical, I teach mindfulness-based stress reduction, which does not take the place of health care, of medical care, but it puts a person in charge of his or her own situation, and it's based upon self-respect and, as the doctor, doctor says, on practicing breathing and practicing meditation and trying to avoid the kinds of pain that happen when one is under stress. And I wonder what, if, the, if Dr. Sofer knows about this, it's about 35 years old, and it was done at the Massachusetts, uh, uh, University of Massachusetts Medical School. And uh, I wonder what his comments would be on mindfulness-based stress reduction. Well, yeah, I'm somewhat familiar with it, and I, I, I really believe that anything that we can do well, I shouldn't say anything, <laughs> but most things that we can do to reduce stress are going to be helpful. Uh, I always counsel people to work on stress management. It ultimately helps us navigate life more easily. Um, so uh, I'm very, I very much support it. I, I don't think that it's, it necessarily will cause uh, elimination of pain, but it's a good strategy to employ as we try to make our way through the world feeling as well as we can. 
Absolutely. It doesn't take away anything, <laughs> really. Right. It, uh, it takes eight weeks to work on this individually, and uh, it just is an adjunct to medical health care. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always assume anything like the patient or the person coming causes his or her own pain. The pain is the result of something else. But I used to have a friend years ago who called that new age guilt, uh, <laughs> that we cause our own pain or that we cause our own cancer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's based upon my mental health rather than my illness. But I, I encourage you to, to look at look at it more because it might be something you'd want to refer your patients to. And it's available all over the world. Thank you, Most Judith. That, hospitals. Thank you very much for that, very for that information. We really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Also, I want, I want to just remind people that that number is 866-625-9378. And if you have a particular issue, we have another caller on the line. But if you have a particular health issue and you want to talk to Dr. Sofer about it, now's your time to, to call in. Do we have that other caller on the line, John? Well, we'll wait. We'll wait just a minute. Um, just to go back to what you were saying before, I just want to, you know, make it clear to people. Um, oh, yes, we do. We have Yo from Tremont. Uh, Yo, are you there? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. People think smoking and drinking is bad for them, but stress will kill you faster than anything you can take. (laughs) We're supposed to think stress is just a side effect of life, but look around. Everything causes stress. Stress is built into suburban culture. We're supposed to bear it, but never question it. Stress is no accident. All this stuff, devices, drugs, pollution, poverty, the war, are intended to create stress globally to make all people more vulnerable to control by the conspiracy. The only way to de-stress is to let go and slack off. Thanks. Thank you for putting on this program and thank thank you you to everyone for supporting community radio. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, That reminds me another point I would like to go back to. Um, There is this stress that we have in our everyday life, but I think a lot of what I had noticed in your comments in Dr. Sarno's books is that a lot of this stress are um, things that happened in people's childhoods that are very deeply buried in their unconscious mind. Um, if someone has, what shall we say, a very stubborn case of, of TMS, what, what's the procedure that, that you follow? When, when you ha- Explain to us the procedure. So someone comes in, you diagnose them with TMS, and what, what would happen? Well, How would you treat them? Right. So, oh, before we get into that, we have one more call. Okay. Uh, Laura from Rockland, and then we'll go back to treatment. Laura, are yeah. you there? Hello? Oh, we lost you. Okay, so let's talk about treatment. Someone comes in your office. You've decided that uh, this is a case of the mind-body syndrome. And what do you do for treatment? Right. So you know, the basic premise is that people need need to forget everything they've been told. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> it is hard. That's yeah. the hardest thing. And, 
hearing Sarno say it, and particularly in his lectures, it usually gets a pretty good laugh. Mm -hmm. But we are conditioned to believe certain things about how uh, our mind affects our body and where our symptoms come from. And we've been conditioned over many years. We're conditioned by every encounter with a practitioner. We're conditioned by our well-meaning friends and neighbors who say, oh, you should see my chiropractor, you should try this pill. Or, And so the first thing is you have to try your best to put it all aside and okay. say, okay, it was well-meaning, mm -hmm. but it's not correct. Okay, so number one, you have to deprogram yourself. <laughs> that's right. And that's a, that's okay. a challenge. And, yeah. and this is this is why there's such variability in how people respond. There mm -hmm. are people who, who get it immediately. It's, they're able to just toss it all away and, mm -hmm. you know, bring, bring on this new way of thinking. And others, it's just it takes longer mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to condition and reprogram. And, and it, you know, the, the best part is it's, uh, there are no side effects. I explained We're going to take just a stop there. We have another caller sure. on the line, Nancy from Mount Desert. Are you there, Nancy, for Dr. Sofer? Go ahead. Okay. Um, there has been some recent research about the relationship between poverty and chronic disease, particularly diabetes and uh, associated diseases, and, uh, and alcoholism and smoking and all sorts of, of uh, choices that make uh, make for physical uh, problems. And I wonder if you could comment about the relationship between poverty and uh, and chronic disease and, uh, and stress. And I'll take my uh, comments off the air. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that for that comment. Go ahead, Dr. Sofer. What do you think? Well, I think that's an incredibly complicated topic. I'm not sure that that lends itself to a, a, a relatively brief response. Uh, you know, obviously, poverty uh, limits choice, so many choices for people and adds layers of stress that you know, I, I can only imagine at. Uh, so we, I think we have another caller on the line in, in just a minute. We have Lynn from, I'm not sure where you're from, Lynn, but are you there? I am. Let me turn you down behind me here. Oh, hi, Lynn. Go ahead. Hi. What a great program. Um, Thank you. It, the cultural piece of what we've been, um, come to believe about all the symptoms and things is very telling, and um you know, how do we move beyond the culture that we're part of where you're going to get in that hot tub and everybody is going to be complaining about whatever um, as, a, as a natural course of how people interact in our culture. And so this retraining I'm hearing about is asking us to act outside of our cultural norms and still to not be stressed, be able to get along, and have friends and, and not be ostracized by everybody because we're doing things a little differently. Um, so I wonder what the uh, doctor has to reflect on with that. And um, the, the whole program, um, well, what if I believe something? What if I believe something is working? That was my other question. What if I believe that eating bananas, okay, eating potassium and taking care of whatever, and uh, when I go and get tested, whatever I would, the low potassium is no longer 
problem, um, and I belong through life believing that the condition I was looking for that to eliminate or whatever is working. That's a belief. And where is the line between unraveling beliefs that are stressful and holding beliefs that we actually can't believe something um, is working? Uh, well, I can address some some of that. Um, as I said, it, getting better is about changing how how you think, and it's and it's it's education. It's you refer to it as retraining. It's exactly what it is: learning to think differently. How do we get that to happen cross culturally? We have more and more people who are getting better, standing up and and talking about it. I mean, Howard Stern is probably the most vocal, <laughs> and Howard yeah. made possible Howard's helped more people than I have just by trumpeting this information and and challenging people to think differently. Uh, It is hard, but I always tell people there are no side effects to reading. Uh, It's, you know, when you're talking about bananas and potassium, you're breaking up a little bit. I mean, this is not to say that all of people's symptoms are TMS, uh, but Again, as I said, a lot of the chronic and recurrent symptoms we have are TMS, and that getting better does require retraining and thinking differently. Uh, and it, it's a challenge, particularly when there are so many factors lined up against it, people who have uh, a, a profound interest in maintaining the status quo, whether it's the pharmaceutical companies who are making billions, uh, providing certain medications, whether it's practitioners, traditional and alternative, who reap huge rewards from insurance companies from these unnecessary procedures. Um, there, there are a lot of uh, obstacles in the way that need to be overcome. Do we have another caller on the line? Oh, we don't. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, continue. So a- any change is, is difficult. And uh, Dr., Dr. Sarno's work with his books, uh, people am I still connected yeah I I, I dare say uh, here in order to um, pursue uh, this line of thinking and in order to uh, spread this information whether you are a professional health care provider or uh, or a patient um, that you need to have a tough skin That's because right. people are not accepting of this you receive an awful lot of uh, criticism uh, uh, rolling eyeballs, uh, people denouncing you. This is not not an easy thing. I I, I commend you for pursuing this. We do right. have another call uh, from Appleton. <clears throat> Appleton, are you there? Yes, I am. Um, doctor, do you entertain uh, metaphysical at all? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Well, let me just tell you my experience. It'll be short. Um, I do. And I think it's, everything is a piece of the puzzle. Um, I am a, a, a double Pisces. I was born on the day of sacrifice. Um, and I care. I really, really care to the point where my back really does hurt because it's frustration, sadness, sometimes anger. And I have I'm of the opinion that the soul chooses the incarnation that we need to grow from. So my soul chose double Pisces, born in the day of sacrifice this time around. I think a lot of pain comes from that. 
So anyway, just something to think about. There's so many pieces to the puzzle of this so-called reality. And yes, I agree with you. Bye-bye. Thank you, caller. Thank you for your comment. This this reminds me of um, how accepting are most patients to a mind-body diagnosis? Yeah, I, I think most of us who do this work uh, have found that no more than 10 to 20% of people when presented with this, this way of thinking will will embrace it. Um, like you said, they look, uh, they look at us like we've got two heads and uh, that we're not really understanding what they're experiencing. Um, and, and that's unfortunate. Uh, obviously, there are, there are people who seek me out because of this work, and they're, they're already on board. But for the unsuspecting, uh, most don't want to hear this. And again, they have been conditioned and programmed by our culture to think certain ways. So it's, it's understandable. Uh, those who can come around generally... Uh, in, in, for, uh, referring specifically to myself, uh, as their family doctor, I, I may have years of experience with them, and they may come around just because they say, all right, I've trusted this guy before with other things. He really mm-hmm. hasn't steered me wrong. But unfortunately, most people aren't open to this way of thinking. So if, if people, even if people think it's strange, if they could just have an open mind, if is that what you're saying? That's oh, we have thing. another caller, Mariah from Liberty. Uh, are you there, Mariah? I am. Go ahead. Thanks. Um, I have certainly subscribed to this uh, for uh, much of this point of view for many, many years. I have one point of disagreement with Dr. Sarno's work, and that is um, he. my understanding is that his recommendation is to basically talk back to the pain and say, no, I'm not going to accept you. From my perspective... That's not respecting the, the underlying message, which may be there. What is it that the body is trying to communicate? And in my experience and in my practice, um, my sense is that if we can begin to understand what it is that the body is at first whispering and then speaking and then finally getting out the cosmic two-by-four to make us pay attention to what's uh, in the unconscious or subconscious that we're unaware of, that's contributing to all of this. So I think it requires at least many times for us to look more deeply um, at what's going on underneath. And I would be curious as to a response. Yeah, well, talking back to the pain is simply a way of saying my symptoms are real, they're not imaginary, but it's not because I have a herniated disc or because I have a gluten intolerance or I have my brain has created the symptom as a distraction. And why, why do I need to be distracted? Well, because there are all sorts of things stored up in my reservoir of rage, uh, things that we were talking about before. So I, I think some of what I'm saying is in line with what you're saying in that they're trying to think about what's in there is important, trying to acknowledge our personality traits, the self-imposed pressures, uh, things that worry us, things from childhood. Um, That's a very important exercise, not just saying, oh, there's something in there, but trying to think what's in there. Um, However, I do need to say that people sometimes get hung up on, we need to find out exactly what, what causes the pain, what single issue, 
what topic, and that's not necessary. And it's also impossible. We can't know everything that we've repressed. We can't know everything that's in the unconscious. And I think uh, believing that you have to identify something is just adding more self-imposed pressure. I can appreciate that. Um, and um, at, the, at the same time, getting the, a, a more general message, I think, can be very useful, not necessarily pinpointing exactly when and where and what and all the details, right. but having a better, clear, a clearer understanding of what's underneath that. But thank you so much for what you're doing. It really is important. And I, I really, my personal belief is also that, uh, you know, a large percentage of what we consider our physical ailments is related to what's going on underneath. Thank you again. Thank you. I want to remind callers, uh, we're, uh, we only have a few more minutes left in the show. We're, uh, this is Healthy Options on WERU Community Radio, and we're speaking with Dr. Mark Sofer about the mind-body syndrome. That call-in number is 866-625-9378. And also, um, Dr. Sofer, would you give your con- contact information, maybe talk about your website a little bit? Sure. Um, the, the easiest way to reach me is through the website, which is um, www.themindbodysyndrome.com. On that, there there is uh, general introductory information about TMS and uh, information about how to get in touch with me if someone wishes to. Great. Thank you. I think we have another caller on the line. Do we have another caller? One more. Um, well, uh, one other thing I just want to talk about that we didn't mention before that I thought was interesting in some of the books is how, oops, we do have a caller, Pam from Milford. Are you there, Pam? Hi, yes, I am. Go ahead. Well, um, I'm wondering when, uh, for example, I hate to bring it down to my case, but I have pretty bad osteoarthritis, and my back is a mess, and I do have a lot of pain, but when someone has those real physical uh, things it's not a pain that you can't identify or don't know what's causing it can, can this uh, uh, system still work on something like that um, without knowing more specifics uh, about your situation um, it's hard it's hard to give you a uh, very specific answer but initially my response when someone says oh I have got pain and I've been told I have osteoarthritis uh, that often that that's a physical diagnosis that is not an accurate diagnosis. In other well, words, I can see it in you can see it in the pictures. Right, and so what physicians know but don't tell their patients is that sixty to seventy percent of people who have, we'll say, back pain, sixty to seventy percent of them will have abnormalities on X-rays and MRIs. Um, and that if you take an identical subset of people who have no symptoms, 60 to 70% will have the exact same abnormalities on their x-rays and MRIs. Mm-hmm. So they, and, and this goes for any body part, shoulders, knees, feet. Right. So often when people are told, oh, look at your, they show their x-ray, their MRI, and this is, this is what you have, and, and this is why you have symptoms, it's not, it's not a correct diagnosis. Um, this is part of the physical thinking that I was referring to. Uh, um, but again, I, I can't I can't say more about your case sure, specifically no, but, without a thorough history. But um, this is exactly what 
the type of people I've been helping and Sarno's been helping over many decades. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not, I'm not surprised uh, about the stress part. I uh, totally believe that uh, stress is our biggest illness. And uh, so the work that you're doing is really uh, very wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Um, I want to ask just a question about how you see the future of this technique, the TMS information in medicine. Is this becoming more accepted amongst medical professionals? How do you see that happening? Well, I think it is slowly gaining ground. Uh, it's it's happening much more slowly than I think mm -hmm. uh, all, any of us would like, but it, it's happening slowly. Uh, there are more and more physicians around the country who are uh, embracing and letting the public know that uh, they, they can come to them to, to address symptoms in this fashion. Um, fairly, I, I receive emails from all over the world on a regular basis, people looking for help, but I also receive emails from physicians saying, okay, uh, I've read Sarno's book, I've read your book, how do I do this? Because this explains why not enough of my patients get better. So I, I think it's it's slowly developing. Um, we have one quick question, maybe sure. if you can, Peter from Surrey, if you can give us a very quick question, that would be great. Well, it is a little late and it's slightly different for our topic, but Doctor, I was wondering about what your understanding is in about the body's relationship to oxidative stress. Okay. Um, I, I didn't quite hear that. Oh, uh, sorry, we we didn't hear that. I I didn't hear that either. Um, maybe you can call back, caller. I'm not sure we have enough time. But um, so you do feel that it, it is slowly gaining some acceptance. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Slowly. <laughs> slowly. But, yes. But it, it's happening, and uh, just like when you're referring to Sarno speaking before Congress, you have a, you have a prominent lawmaker who's embracing this. You have someone like Howard Stern shouting from the rooftops. Mm -hmm. um, the more information is shared, the more chance there'll be change. And well, I love your comment. And reading or watching YouTube has so, no side effects. <laughs> so right. there, there's a lot of knowledge out there to be had. And I think experience, people will learn through their experience. Right. Um, I, I, uh, I just want to give, let you give your website uh, contact information one more time. We're coming up to the end of the hour. We have been talking with Dr. Mark Sofer about TMS, uh, the mind-body syndrome. Um, Dr. Sofer, just give your website one more time for us. Sure. It's www.themindbodysyndrome.com, and that, that's the best way for people to learn more about TMS and, and get in touch with me if, if they would like to. Great. Well, this has been a wonderful hour. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I'm uh, This is Healthy Options, and for Healthy Options, I'm Andre Bella. Thanks for listening again, and thanks to our station engineer, Don Greenman. Be well and happy, and please join us again next month for Healthy Options.
Support for WERU comes from Penobscot Bay Press, committed to providing community news and information, publishing three weekly newspapers the week